Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another fabulous episode of Cisco Champion Radio. I'm Lauren, and this is Season 2, Episode Five, and we'll be discussing VersaStack with Jeff and Shiva and Enda. So, Jeff, do you want to give a quick overview? Who are you? Okay, I, guys, my name is Jeff Fultz, and uh, I'm a technical marketing engineer um, at Cisco, and uh, I have over 20 years' experience uh, in IT, both doing development, systems application. I worked at Intel, NetApp, Cisco. Um, I'm a Microsoft certified systems engineer with multiple patents in the data center solution space. And uh, worked on, you know, solutions like Hyper-V, VMware, SQL, Exchange, you know, those kind of things. Mainly data center stuff and uh, applications. So you might know what we're what's happening here. <laughs> I, I'm I'm old enough that I might have forgotten what's happening, but yeah, <laughs> I'm I might know. All right, uh, Shiva, can you? Yes, uh, thank you, Lauren and Jeff. Yes, my my name is Shiva Kumar Shastri. Uh, I'm also a technical marketing engineer in the same group as Jeff, uh, in the solutions engineering group for Cisco UCS here uh, based out of San Jose. I have uh, over 18 years of experience uh, in the IT space doing uh, things uh, such as converged infrastructure, security, and uh, hyper-converged solutions lately. So with that, I'm going to turn, you, turn it back to you, Lauren. Fantastic. Uh, and, uh would you like to give your awesome introduction? Hi, everybody. My name is Enda Kahl, and I work here in Ireland for a Cisco partner called Innovate. Uh, as, as well as the Cisco network background I have, I also have some knowledge of VMware and storage. So tonight's um, discussion is going to be really interesting for me. Um, it's my second year in the Cisco Champion program, and it's my second time to co-host the Cisco Champion radio episode. So uh, looking forward to it tonight. Very cool. So before we dive into the, you know, nitty gritty, um, Jeff, can you give us just sort of a high level? What is VersaStack? What are we talking about? Why do we need it? Just super high level, and then we can get into the nitty gritty. Sure. Um, VersaStack. It's an integrated compute, networking, and storage um, system developed by Cisco and IBM together. Um, it's uh, been published as a Cisco validated design. Um, and it consists of, you know, the building blocks are basically the IBM Storewise V7000, uh, and then that comes with file modules if you want, you know, NFS. Um, and then it's got, you know, UCS Cisco Compute, um, so, and, and then we're using Nexus Switching. Um, and all that is combined in, you know, like I said, a complete solution. Um, and the the first... CVD that we've offered is actually a VMware solution. So if a customer is, you know, deploying, you know, any kind of, you know, VMware for enterprise and uh, and they want a fully integrated system, that's what that's what VersaStack is. Yep. Very cool. Um, when did that CVD come out? 
Actually, it, today is going to be its birthday. We are uh, <laughs> It's about to go live uh, right now. So the design guide has been published um, a little bit ago. And then the deployment guide, which for people that you know aren't familiar with um, the way the CVDs work in these solutions, uh, the deployment guide is a step-by-step process how to deploy every single component. Um, and so, you know, there's a, about a 300-page or 250-page deployment guide that's actually going live in a, probably about an hour or so. I think this is actually our first launch of something on Cisco Champion Radio. This is the first, guys. I'm well, excited. we should all have champagne. And I don't know if you have champagne, but... <laughs> it would be virtual <laughs> champagne, okay? Virtual champagne, yes. We'll, yeah. we'll send, a, we'll send a, an email afterwards and we'll all have, have a virtual champagne. Awesome. Linda, you're up. Yeah. The Cisco validated design, how much time and effort goes into that from a Cisco perspective to, to save to save customers and, and people who, who want to put together these these systems, their own effort? Shiva, do you yeah. want to go ahead and yeah. jump in and take that Yeah, sure. Um, uh, typically, you're, you're looking at, uh, depending on obviously the complexity of the project and the players involved uh, and, and the scope, what we set out to do, but typically it's uh, about four to five months easily for uh, one uh, high uh, top class engineer on Cisco side, and many times there is also involvement from uh, a partner, such as in this case IBM. So you're looking at about four to five months worth of work, uh, where you know first we have to go through the discussion of understanding what it is that we are going to put together, what we are going to be leveraging and, and how we are going to position and then uh, prop it up in the lab here for somebody like Jeff or I to build the entire stack all the way from compute, network, and storage, and then showcase the workloads on it. Um, so yeah, it, it, it's a very involved, time-consuming, and uh, detailed approach to doing things. Yeah. and, and, and... And uh, so also, you know, it's important to note that, you know, so you start with the the solution requirements, right? And then you go into the technical requirements. And then we have a validation phase. And, and, and something that, you know, you don't want to get missed by the customers is that, you know, when we validate these designs and in cooperation with, you know, VMware and, you know, and or Microsoft and or, you know, IBM, you know, we're all working together to make sure we get best practices. And and in the validation, we also do, you know, performance testing. We do failure testing to make sure there's no single point of failure in, you know, in the design and that all the different softwares work together. So, you know, having having driven into a data center at 3 a.m., you know, when there's an outage in, in, in my previous lives, uh, you know, we want to make sure that that doesn't happen to a customer. So there's extensive amount of testing in you know in the time that that she was talking about in that life cycle and and when he when he says four or five months you know obviously that's multiple men you know uh, different men and women working on the project throughout that that life cycle but so and then after the testing that's when we come up with the final which is the you know the documented step by step solution um, so you know that's uh, the CVD program you know coming from you know again if I put my admin hat on, that is amazing for a customer because you know, being able to go step by step and get a repeatable result that, uh, you know, instead of guessing or, you know, maybe you set something up incorrectly and then you're troubleshooting a performance issue later, um, you know, that's, that is an immense benefit of the CVD program. 
you know, having, again, having had to troubleshoot performance issues in data centers, I really appreciate CV, Cisco CVDs as a customer before I was actually producing them. So it, it gives the main real confidence in, in what they're putting together and, and what they're, they're purchasing and building out. Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, anybody who's ever, you know, I mean, I'm sure, you know, a lot of us on the phone, I'm sure we've all had, you know, troubleshooting an issue. And, you know, where do you start? I mean, you know, in the complex environments that that are in the data center today where you have, you know, is it, you know, <laughs> the first thing the storage guy points at the networking guy, the networking guy points at the compute guy, <laughs> and everybody's pointing at each other. When you get a Cisco validated design, there's none of that. It's all, you know, everything's tested, and you know, and you know, you you know, right out of the gate, you've got optimal performance. Yeah, the other thing to keep in mind, and that is just to add to what Jeff said, uh, we are putting out uh, converged infrastructure platforms, and when you put, put something out as complex with uh, network compute and storage, the basics is just to make sure that they're all compatible, they can work with each other, but there is more to it, and we want to take out the, the the pain points for the customer and that's the whole focus here. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And with the validated design, what what are the configurable options that are available to a customer for for a versus stack? How how much choice is left? Well, you know, it's designed so you can scale up or out, right? So, so with the CVD, we give you like the basic building blocks, um, and in this particular CVD, we we show the customer a couple different ways to put it together. So the the V7000 has optional file modules. So if they want to go, for example, if they want to start out with just a block uh, implementation and you know do fiber channel only or iSCSI only, um, they can do that, and then. Uh, and then throughout the document, we show them, okay, if you, you know, if you want to add, uh, you know, NFS, you know, we show them how they can add the optional NFS file modules um, and or if they want to go with a um, the Cisco 1000V um, uh, networking switch instead of the standard um, VMware networking switch. Uh, so we and then we try to give you so we give you that basic building block, but then as you want to add on, you can just you know add on components. Um, yeah. it, it's it's meant to give you the you know the, here's the basic starter, but you know you can grow. Uh, what is it, Shiva? Is it up to fifty-seven uh, petabytes of data or five point yeah. sorry five point seven yeah. petabytes of data? Yeah, in terms of physical spindles, uh, it can scale up to a thousand fifty-six disks within the same cluster from a storage perspective. And, and depending on the size of the disk you, you put in there, you can have more than four petabytes. But that's all from a storage perspective. We can do the same thing for compute as well. Um, Jeff, for example, has validated with his first try uh, both Blades and Rack servers. This way, we can say within the same UCS manager or domain, you can have a mix of both and also possibly a mix of old and new servers as well. So. We try to provide a validated design, but we also provide flexibility. And then there is also validated versus supported, where you can then cross-reference with the support matrix or compatibility matrix of both IBM and Cisco and say, even though this is what is validated going forward or for you customer, you can also do this, this, and the other, and it will still be supported. So you got that flexibility as well. 
Yeah, and that flexibility on the compute side is great because that's yeah, that's where you know UCS Cisco UCS comes in because you you know for for anybody that's not familiar with that um, UCS allows you to deploy servers via via policies and profiles. So you know, and the CVD will show you you know here's how you create your policies. You create your service or your profile for a, a server blade. And uh, you you know deploying another blade is as simple as you know popping in some new hardware and and you know just you, you know leveraging those profiles to that new blade and you're up and running in a matter of moments. Yeah. So it's really easy to grow you know to grow this uh, implementation out so it scales you know uh, you know and, and for storage because you know I think everybody knows you know in data centers right now you know storage is growing at, at crazy rates um and so and you know and managing all that data and and growing and scaling is a really important part of a solution you know it's you're you're spending about four times uh in opex that people are spending in capex in a lot of scenarios so it's really important that you know after you've made your initial purchase that you know it's 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 manageable and uh and you can manage it and grow with ease and and i think versus does that very well Okay, and I see with with the data growth as well. It, it, there is plenty of performance here in terms of storage, um, in terms of the, the throughput of of the, the storage and, and the network configurations in place. Yeah, in fact, you know, storage the storage side of this solution is, you know, fantastic because during our testing, you know, there's there's a couple really nice components of the Versa stack, and you know, and and uh, you know, again, I'll say this more as more as a customer, uh, you know, one of the things that Versa stack has is they have uh, hardware c- compression, um, so and. So, you know, because you're trying to deal with rapid amounts of growth and, that, you know, that's really difficult, right, is, is, you know, storage is, you know, people are spending all that time managing the data. Um, compression is great, but in a lot of storage um, in the market, you know, there's warnings. Well, you can't really run your compression because it's going to affect your performance. So, you, you know, people are buying you know, compress, buying storage thinking they have compression, but then they can't use it because you've got your backups you have to run or your virus scans, and then you've got your normal I.O. pattern. So, you know, there's no time to really run compression because that takes additional um, uh, performance hit that people can't take. The VersaStack is actually different. VersaStack, actually turning on compression in our testing, it, it, it actually increased our performance. And, you know, it, it's 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 hardware-based compression. So in the way they're writing to disk, they're actually increasing the performance on compression. And we got, you know, just through some of our, you know, our tests during uh, the deployment phase and the testing phase, we actually got double the IOPS and uh, megabits a second turning on compression so that 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 is just it's a really really great story for storage uh yeah, they I, also have oh i'm sorry go ahead Shiva. i'm sorry no no i'm sorry i thought you were done go ahead Jeff. no 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 i was gonna tell you but you uh, shiva can talk also about tiering because they also have tiering so shiva why don't you talk about that yeah uh, before i get to that i wanted to add to what jeff said this uh real-time compression that's hardware based with this uh storage what it also translates to is um, it, it provides efficiencies both for capacity and performance. And the other big advantage from a storage perspective is uh, the scaling is uh, completely investment protected. But what I mean by that is there are uh, some storage areas out there which require uh, a forklift upgrade. Uh, 
uh, whereas in this case, you can scale out with uh, multiple controllers and scale all the way up to 1,056 disks, as I mentioned earlier on. So the, the potential customer can start with a single enclosure uh, redundant controller, and then as and when their performance and capacity needs increases, you can scale accordingly. So the same functionality exists on the compute side as does on the storage side, and, and that's why it's really good. Um, storage, uh, the tiered storage part that uh, Jeff mentioned. Um, you can you can have a mix of uh, different kinds of storage. You, you've got flash or uh, SSDs out there, then you've got SAS and and then the, the nearline or SATA disk for capacity. You can have a mix of any of those depending on what your workflow profile looks like or requirements are. Anything else you would uh, like to add to that, Jeff? Well, yeah, the, the algorithm actually, uh, you know, again, having, you know, managed storage, you know, the, the algorithm that they use, you can, so, so what they do with, the, with easy tiering, um, they'll look for your hot data. And so instead of having, you know, hybrid, you know, storage is really popular now because you get SSD speeds without having to purchase all SSD um, drives. And, and their algorithm will basically figure out what your hot data is and it will move that hot data onto your SSD. So, uh, and you can turn that on and off by by your different volumes. So if you you know if you know that you know your development team, for example, they you know they have to have you know the highest throughput or higher I/O, you can enable them to get access to the SSDs. But you can also um, you know tweak it so you can change it. You can turn that off and say. You know, hey, this weekend I know we're going to do. We have an end of the year, um, you know, push, and and you know maybe my finance department needs, you know, you know all all the IOPS that I can give it, or or they need faster speed, and you can turn it on and off and let them actually get those SSD speeds. So it's really flexible, and it's and and it's also based on complex algorithms to make sure that they're auto tuning the system for you. Again, that that goes back to simplicity because. You know, one of the, another thing about the Versa stack that that's really nice is it's a very simple to manage system, and you know, and <laughs> throughout my career I've tried very hard, especially when in development, to to make sure that we delivered simple systems because simple saves money. Um, it, you know, there's there's training involved, and you know, anytime you can offload something that an administrator has to do. And have the the system do it and do it well. You're save you know you're saving the client time and you're saving them money and and it does that very well. Okay, so it makes it easier for storage admins and network admins and server admins to work together or and even combine those roles. Yeah, you know, and that's the nice. That's another nice thing about the CVD. I mean, you know, whether if you're any one of those three roles, you could deploy this. Um, but it, but it, yeah, it it also. It also does simplify, simplify troubleshooting, you know, and that and that's you know some of the, you know VersaStack and and Cisco, you know, this is a solution. But there's all you know the, another nice thing about dealing with with Cisco for this IBM solution is all the management that you have around it, you know, because again, you you, you know you, we're trying to solve a problem for a customer, and, and some of that problem is you know just the complexity, and uh, you know there's self service, you know, we have self service portal. Um, in fact, you know, Shiva should talk about that as far as simplification because that really, really yeah. simplifies the life of an admin. Shiva, can you talk about the UCS director piece of this as well? Uh, yeah, sure. Um, so 
So as as we just touched upon just a bit earlier, at the compute level, you already have levels of efficiency um, thanks to UCS manager where you can scale all the way up to 160 servers and still manage that entire cluster with the same level of uh, time and effort as you would a single server. And similarly, uh, storage is also very intuitive, the graphical user interface, and uh, very easy to manage. But then there is still a need for a single pane of glass uh, to bring all the various components, including network, um, into that piece. So we can not only manage from that single pane of glass, but also automate. And that's where UCS Director comes into the picture. It, it, it allows for orchestration um, and and allows for that single pane of glass where people uh, through RBAC can be allocated privileges and resources, and they can all you know provision and manage in a very self-service manner through a portal. Uh, that is what UCS Director brings to the picture, and, and that's the project that I'm currently working on. So, I mean, we'll, we'll, we'll get there uh, if there's more questions. But, yeah, it's, it's, it's all about adding efficiency. There is efficiency at every level, but we also have to provide efficiency for the entire Converge platform because at the end of the day, the customer is going to be using the entire platform as a solution, and we want to take out all the hurdles at the various levels and, and not expect the user or the administrator to know all three levels at an equal proficient level. So that's where we come in. Yeah, and, and I mean, I can give, you know, when, you know, do, we had a lot of CIOs and CTOs come in um, at a position I had in development and we would, you know, try to develop solutions for them, you know. And one of the questions we would ask them is, you know, how long does it take you to deploy a SQL server? And they would kind of hang their head and say, well, you know, it takes about three weeks to get a SQL server deployed in our environment, in our current environment. Um, and, and so with the UCS director piece, you can actually set up that self-service portal and offload that. And you can go from three weeks to a matter of minutes. Uh, and you can also track costs. You know, so you, you can know which department is using resources um, because there's, you know, there's cost uh, associated with the, that, you could put limits on what they can do. But you know, if you, when the admin, and the nice thing about it again, and these are documented solutions. So if a customer is buying a versus stack, they're also, you know, Shiva is going to present a, a document, or he's working on that, and and UCSD works with this, so you can have a self-service portal. You know, let customers go ahead and 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 deploy their own machines. And again, the admin doesn't have to do that anymore. He doesn't have to you know, take his time deploying um, that. And, and, and because you can track the cost, you know who's using what resources, it's so much easier when you need to reorder you know, what group to charge. I mean, all those are problems that you know, admins spend a lot of time on and it makes their job more complex. So like yeah. Shiva said, it really simplifies their lives. So with UCS Director, then you, okay, you have your VMware vSphere layer in here, but if it's all automated, you typically don't you don't need to go in and use vSphere vCenter to, to do tasks. You can do that through UCS Director automatically. Well, some some right. of the tasks, right? So it's not meant to replace. It's definitely not meant to replace vCenter. You know, vCenter is still the management piece to manage manage your you know your VMware environment. 
but there are but it's it's meant to i would say to help and augment you know like you know self service portal um bare metal provisioning you know you can you you could put in a rack server and you can use the ucs director to actually bring that server up and install esx on it for example and you know add it to your cluster so you know those kind of things to basically to fill in some of those gaps and take some more weight off the admin shoulders it's it's kind of designed and give give you an overview of your environment you know how much storage am I using? How? What kind of different VMs do I have deployed? You know those kind of things. But yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, the other thing is, uh, and uh, um, to add to what you said, uh, this is another manager of manager. What I mean by that is, it sits on top of the element managers and the and and vCenter, which is taking care of the entire virtual infrastructure, assuming it's ESX. Um, all these various local element managers will be still installed and still be working in the background. And, and as with any manager of managers, every time you go a level higher, uh, you, you may be losing some functionality. But what that translates to is uh, you are also simplifying and also bringing everything together, and there is some efficiency and advantages to that. So it's, it's a it's, it's a little bit of giving for getting uh, more uh, returns, so to speak. That's that's the idea. So if, okay. if you were to if you were to look at a ESX VMware vCenter environment, it will talk to UCS director. So when it's time to deploy a new instance, a VM, for example, all you do is you deploy a workflow or you click on a button within UCS director, and it will then talk to vCenter provision the necessary storage and network, VLANs, and what have you, and then deploy that VM in the available resources of uh, considering the quality of service required and so forth. So UCS Director kind of takes care of everything, considers all uh, important requirements, and then says, here it is. And oh, by the way, you can also set it up to send out a notification email, what have you. So it automates the entire process to make it uh, short. Okay, so complimentary. Yeah, they are definitely cool. uh, complimentary, yes. Yes. Okay. Can you tell us a little bit about uh, the, the support model from IBM and Cisco? Sure. So as we touched earlier on, there is what is validated, which is what uh, will be released shortly for what Jeff had just done. And, and that will speak to a particular bill of material, certain firmware uh, version for compute network and storage, for example, and VMware 5.5 update one, all those things. That particular mix of elements, uh, hardware and software, is what is validated and you will have the CVT based off of. Now, that, is, that doesn't mean that we do not support other things that are not validated. For example, uh, from today when the CVD will be released, in the next few months, there could be an, uh, a patch to a VMware 5.5 or a new release of uh, 6.0 come out. Similarly, there could be changes at the various network and storage levels firmware-wise. All those things are accounted for in the support model, and what will speak to the support will be the respective compatibility matrix, which, will be pu which are already published by the respective companies, in this case, IBM and Cisco. So we have links. Uh, for example, when there is a new release from IBM on the store-wise V7000, the Cisco 
support uh, 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 organization, uh, certification organization. We'll, we'll then certify that with the entire uh, converged infrastructure and then say, yes, as of this date, this device is supported. As long as it is supported, even though there is not a CVD at that point, Cisco support can take calls, customers can open cases, and it will be resolved. Did that answer your question? It, it, it does. Uh, if I want to open this 4K, do I open that with Cisco? Do I open that with IBM? Or who, who's the first point of contact? Yeah, if you if you have preferred support option, you'd be it'd be Cisco led. So you would, and that, and that's one nice thing about this. You have a single single uh, contact point. You would deal with Cisco. Um, Cisco could then coordinate, um, you know, if they needed to with, you know, IBM, VMware, you know, Microsoft, et cetera. Um, so, yeah. And, and the nice thing is, again, that's the nice thing about, a, a, you know, a validated design is that you can escalate into engineering, you know, having, you know, you don't, you want to make sure that, that, you know, if you do have an issue that you have, the, you know, engineering behind you. Uh, to help you, the, you know, the experts in those fields. And that's that's a, one of the, you know, better reasons to buy. It's, it's just another great reason to buy from Cisco because of that support model that you can get into engineering and get your problem right. resolved quickly. And the other uh, alternative that is also available to calling Cisco directly, which is the preferred model, as Jeff pointed out, is to also have a channel partner be that first level of tier one support, so to speak. Uh, and then the channel partner, depending on their expertise and comfort, uh, can either resolve or involve Cisco. At any case, from a customer perspective, there is just this one call and one case. And, and whatever triage happens, happens in the background. The customer doesn't have to worry or, or be concerned about it. And I saw a, I got another question that was you know somebody was asking I guess about you know is this is it you know they were is this like FlexPod this is very similar to FlexPod if somebody's familiar with FlexPod except we're you know except I you know using obviously IBM storage and there's some you know there's some differences between using IBM storage and, and NetApp storage but it's yep. but it's, it's similar you know similar process if somebody's very familiar with FlexPod. Yeah, yeah, same reference architecture comp, uh, uh, you know, concept uh, with the same support model and so forth. You mentioned earlier the, the Nexus 1000V. Uh, is, is this an, an optional component in the configuration, or, or is it something that, that has to be in there in the validated design? You know, we it, it's it's optional. It's in there. It's documented, so so they can use it. Uh, you know, it just just depends on your environment. You know, what what somebody you know wants to deploy, um, you know, in their infrastructure. You know, we we want to give everybody the option. We know you know different people have different requirements. Um, so you know, we we provide you know both levels for for somebody, you know, again, it's it's based on need and it's based on what they're comfortable with. So it's it's documented so they could do it either way in the CVD. Okay, okay. Very good. The, the other question I have is in relation to, um, I haven't gone through your, your design fully, but in terms of whether this is IT storage or, or fiber channel storage, or you have the choice. I think it's, it, you have a choice, I believe. Yeah, it's both. Well, go ahead, Jeff. Yeah. 
Yeah, so uh, so you can start out with a block with fiber channel. Um, you know, so if a customer, you know, or maybe already has a fiber channel environment, or that's you know what they're what they're you know most comfortable with, you can deploy it as a block only. Uh, IBM also offers for the the V7000. They offer file modules, and what you do is you uh, can deploy the optional file modules, and that gives you, you know, NFS, SIS protocols. So you have so you can have the file level protocols as well, uh, and and so in addition, so you so if you want unified storage, you would deploy both the V7000, and the V7000 is a clustered system. You know, you you buy the controller, and there's and there's two controllers in the in the in the one shelf, and uh, and then you would deploy the the file modules, uh, and that's you know documented. But but again, it, you know it depends what they want. If they want unified, they they deploy the V7000 with the file modules. If they just want fiber channel uh, and you know VMFS data stores, they could just do the the block only uh, deployment. Yeah, just to just to clarify, uh, what IBM terms unified is is basically. Uh, fiber channel, uh, fiber channel plus um, file. In other words, unified in their uh, uh, terminology translates to file, SIPs and NFS. So if you could buy the store-wise V7000 without the unified or with the unified, but when it is said unified, then it means you got both file and block. So just to clarify. Okay. And with the block storage, uh, you can attach other devices, other servers outside the um, outside the unit to to your storage. It presents storage from the V7000 to those other servers, or does that compromise the design? Well, our des our design is is basically going. You know, you, we have UCS uh, blade and rack. Um, we're going into an MDS uh, 9000 series. A fiber channel switch um, that would not preclude anybody from attaching, you know, a, a, you know, other storage because you obviously you have the M, you know the MDS switch there, so um, you know it, it would integrate into an existing solution if you had other hardware components. Yeah, so there, there's, think, no, uh, there's nothing stopping you from doing that, um, right. but but our design is specifically you know around you know Cisco Cisco blade and rack servers. Yeah, uh, this probably goes back to. Um, Transit capacity either within the pod or external to the pod. If you want to leverage resources, either way uh, to Jeff's point, being that they are standard fiber channel MDS switches, you could zone and use either computer storage internal to the pod from outside. Okay. I, I see there is also a question there. We didn't mention it um, around Hyper-V and some other hypervisors, and uh, if there are plans that we're allowed to discuss in relation to that. Yeah, uh, that is the first solution was on VMware 5.5 update one. We have not released the CVD yet on Hyper-V, and we cannot uh, speak really to what is to come. That is under discussion. Jeff, you want to add anything more to that? Uh, <laughs> you, you know, all I can say is uh, on the other solutions, you know, on FlexPod, we have uh, Hyper-V and all sorts of different solutions, um, you know, so, but, uh, but you know, since I'm just going to 
bask in the glow of our VMware solution today. But uh, <laughs> if yeah. anybody, you know, the the more requests we get, you know, we always always listen to our customers. So if uh, there's demand, um, please let us know. And you know, we do everything in our power to make sure that uh, we we fulfill that that demand for our customer bases. Yeah, and, and also I see another question there about. Is an MDS required, or can you go pure Ethernet? Um, now, the way the clustering happens in the IBM store-wise V7000 is through fiber channels, which is uh, unlike in other uh, similarly configured uh, systems from other uh, vendors. Uh, what that translates to is, um, even for file, the storage is coming from the fiber channel block module. In other words, you, you need to have file uh, for first exporting out the space, which is then used by the file modules external to the controllers. Also, if you are going to be scaling out by adding more controllers so you can get to the full complement of 1056 disks, for example, you need to have the clustering traffic traverse fiber channel switches. So to answer that question, you really need fiber channel switches. And that will also open the doors for limiting standard capacity to the previous question. So you want to add anything more to that, Jeff? Uh, no, I just think that customers will find that the MDS switches are actually a very cost-effective component. <laughs> Cisco has some competitive pricing on uh, on yeah. MDS switches. So, uh, yeah. And again, that's coming from my customer hat. <laughs> so, so, uh, and, and, and since... Uh, I, I get another text saying that we are going to be wrapping up in five minutes, and I see a question on OpenStack on this hardware platform. Uh, all I can say is stay tuned. Um, we obviously cannot uh, uh, discuss about things that are yet to come or haven't been decided, but uh, thanks for your feedback. We will look into your interest uh, deploying OpenStack on this platform. Okay. I have a question in relation to the name versus stack. Any comments on the origin? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, who knows how the marketing folks come up with these names, right? I'm sure they had a huge brainstorming session. <laughs> yeah, well, well, so what you do is you get 22 marketing people and 35 attorneys in a room. <laughs> <laughs> And 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 then and then you figure out what's not already copyrighted, and uh, and then you end up and then you end up with a name. But uh, no, but I I actually don't know who came up with the name, but I'm just glad it has one. (laughs) Right. I mean, while we were developing, we we had some kind of under the wraps name because we had to identify it somehow. But obviously, we cannot advertise because it was not blessed by legal. But this name has been for whatever reason. Well, but it is, I mean, uh, you know, basically, uh, all all jokes aside, I mean, it is a versatile solution, uh, and it is a complete integrated stack for compute, networking, and storage. So um, versa meaning versatile, and stack meaning, you know, it's it's an integrated solution um, that, that, you know, but... And you know, but you know, again, I'd hard to harp on simplicity. It's it's not only versatile because I mean, you could run all sorts of different compute loads, obviously, in the in this setup. But you know, the the nice thing, one nice thing about the IBM storage and the combination with the UCS is how simple. And I've and I've dealt with all sorts of different storage um, over the years. Uh, and I won't name names, <laughs> but some of them are very very complex. I mean, you know, th- this is so simple. 
to deploy and manage. Uh, I'm not going to say you, you, to replace your, your storage admin or anything like that, but I but I am saying if you're you know if you're learning a new storage that um, and you want reliable, fast storage, and you know obviously UCS, uh, you know number one in blades in the in the U.S. Um, so you have you have great you know fast um, networking, you have great fast server capability, and you have real simple to manage storage. This is probably the e the most simple um, storage that uh, I've ever managed. And and again, I'm you know that that's that's saying something, but uh, it's it's very easy to deploy. IBM spent a lot of money and a lot of time um, getting this feature set. Um, in in the GUI that uh, you can basically in a wizard you can you know get your storage up and running which is a very nice a very nice thing for somebody who's you know training and or you know whether it's new to you or whether it's something you just have to manage on a day to day basis to have a really nice feature set uh, in their management capability for the IBM storage. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Uh, just to wrap up to second Jeff. Yeah. It's all about uh, putting them together and presenting it in a very simple, easy to use. Um, so there would be lower operational expenses. Yeah. I think there's one last question there from Nathaniel in relation to that. Um, in storage GUI, the integration with the storage GUI, um, I don't know if Jeff, you want to, to make a comment on that? Well, you know, so questions. you think so. So really, yeah. If you think about the the UCS tools, um, you know, I, I can't I can't talk to whether if there's if there's plans to to integrate that into a into a single solution. You know, can't talk about future roadmaps, but I can tell you that there already is to the UCS director piece. Um, you know, provisioning. So, you know, when you think, you know, think of all the things that you have to do um, with storage, whether, you know, you're provisioning new storage or you're growing storage or you're expanding. Um, th that's all in, in the UCS director where, you know, you can create all these, um, all the, yeah, the workflows. And, and as an admin, you go in and, you know, you click on that workflow and, and type in, hey, you know, grow, grow this data store, you know, by X and boom, it's done. So, so yeah, so, so I guess the, the, the short answer is probably yes, we've already done that with UCS director. Uh, and, you know, and uh, it's and that's again, you know, to to help the help it make it easier on the manager. So, you know, if somebody somebody comes in and you know is isn't great at all these different things, they can use UCS Director to deploy the VMs, you know, and manage the storage as well through one through one interface. Yep. Okay. I think I'm all out of questions for this evening. Awesome. Um, I think we had one last one that might have just been confirming cool, so director can already talk to the yeah. IBM storage. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yep. So yep. the answer is, as of the latest version, which was released just last week, it can. Yeah. So you almost have two birthdays to celebrate: the uh, <laughs> <laughs> the UCS director supporting uh, IBM storage and uh, and the CVD uh, the, uh, being announced today. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. All right. So. We'll blow out the candles and uh, wrap up this episode of Cisco Champion Radio. I want to thank Jeff, Shiva, and Enda for joining, and see you all next week. Thank you.
Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.